Ecast Podcast Network. This is a biennial social and cultural <laughs> issues podcast. One to six times per month, I, dreamer, thinker, doer, Colby Wilson, talk to Sean Whittinghill of the football team about an issue pertaining to student-athlete happiness and well-being, and Sean provides the student-athlete perspective. See see how I did that there, where we, we were... Or six six of these, five of these into it, and I finally wrote out an actual. I'm about to say that's the hands down the best one we've had so far. I, I, Good I actually wrote it out. I didn't just dream it up as I was walking over here. <laughs> this should this should be an easy one for you because it's something you've been talking about since day one. And it's community. Yep, it's been your most consistent theme, the through line from mental health through identity. Why is who you choose to surround yourself with so important to everything else? All right, so. You know, I had an answer to this before, but this past Sunday at church, Pastor Jordan Smalley at my church over at LifePoint said this, and I was like, that is perfect. He said, look at the people you're hanging around and ask if their lives resemble the direction you want your life to go in. Boom. Well, you... Uh so this is this was a 45-second podcast, and this has been more than a game on the PCAST Podcast Network. See you next month. Yeah, I mean, I don't, boy, you <coughs> wish you'd warn me. You just blew every other question I might have had out of the water. That's, but that's so simple and so to the point. Like it, and it absolutely hits down on the head. Yeah, it is. Is there a theory about it that you subscribe to? Some people believe that a village kind of helps raise a person. Other people believe that you're kind of an amalgamation of the five people that you spend the most time around. What do you think? I mean, I think really it's all of those. It's just kind of like a combination of everything. But that that quote seriously does just nail it right there. I mean, the people that you hang around are going to dictate the direction that your life's going. Because you kind of pick up on traits of the people that you're around. So if you're hanging around people that aren't doing you know, positive things, you're going to fall into that category. Whereas you you're hanging around people who are continuously trying to improve themselves and whatnot, that's going to rub off on you. So that quote, I mean, is just perfect for this. When you're a young person growing up, your community is kind of chosen for you in a lot of respects. Uh, Parents, for good and ill, have people around them who are thus also around you and also thus influencing your behavior and how you, your outlook on the world. How much responsibility do parents have in helping surround kids with a positive community? I think that is such an important thing for kids, especially for, uh, you know, single parents who, you know, they're trying to do it by themselves. You know, in my situation, it was just me and my mom growing up. uh, So I didn't have the father in the home to, you know, tell me how to, you know, quote, be a man and, uh, you know, things like that. So I was blessed. Luckily enough, I did have amazing father figures that were in my life. Uh, you know, my uncles, my grandfather, and then coaches and whatnot. My mom would, um, she would go out and find, like, after-school programs for me to be involved in, um, just different, like, mentors and stuff throughout the community just to hang around me and show me how to just grow as a man because (coughs) she did everything that she could, but she couldn't, as a woman, she couldn't show me how to grow up as a a man. There's some questions you don't want to ask, Mom. Yeah, you know, and so she – did an amazing job of surrounding me and building this community around me of people to help me grow when she couldn't 
do that herself. So in your youth, she was very proactive in making sure that you had adult male figures in your life. Yes. Once you started having more of an opinion beyond, well, this is who I'm around, what did you look for in those figures? I mean, I guess it's just it's a combination of things, one being potential. So, like, the potential of how can this person help me? How can I help them? Like, how can we, uh, like, do life together, like, help each other out? Um, that's probably the main thing. But also, who is this person? Like, what type of person are they? Is this somebody that I'd be embarrassed to be associated with? because of their actions, not because of necessarily who they are, but just because of how they present themselves? Or is this somebody that, you know, I can be proud to be associated with? Without getting too far down in the weeds of your personal life, growing up in a single-parent household, how important was stability when it came to assembling the community of people around you? Honestly, you know, there... In certain aspects of my childhood, there wasn't a lot of stability. Um, So, I mean, I think I may have overlooked that growing up. I just, you know, it was just some parts of my childhood were kind of just hectic where they were just like going with the flow and just whatever happens, happens. Um, So, I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's hard to answer that just because. Now that's the hard-hitting analysis that we're all here for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, looking back on it now, though, uh, I can just say that having that stability, you know, is important. And uh, it's just something I can't – I don't know. I don't really know. I've, I finally stumped you. I yeah, finally you asked did. one that you didn't have an answer for. People change with age, yet you start building your community and assimilating yourself with different people, basically from the time you start making friends. Yeah. So – even though you're building these these relationships and building your community as a young person, people fade away, people rise up. And that change, is that something you're cognizant of where people are are constantly floating in and out of this core group of people that are that you surround yourself with? Yeah, I think <coughs> especially during um, depending on what season of life you're in. So, like, for me, being in college, that's something I'm very cognizant of because people come and go, especially playing on a team where we are from different states. I mean, there's a lot of players that are from Tennessee, but um, outside of that, you got people from Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, Florida, Michigan, Cali, Australia, Kentucky. So I love whenever, how Australia and Kentucky were side-by-side. <laughs> side-by-side, right next to each other. Yep. <laughs> um, so it's easy to understand, like, okay – this isn't going to last forever, like this face-to-face that we have. So this is going to change. Um, so I think it that does make it easier once you realize that, especially because, you know, all my roommates that I've had in college, except for two, because I'm still playing with them, they're all gone. You know, they all – one of them lives – he's back in Memphis. Another one's back in Nashville. Another one's out in L.A. Like, so we're – everybody's just – now we still keep in contact but it's not obviously not like it was but just being able to realize that understanding that from the jump like okay like this is somebody that is a part of my community that's somebody that i like heavily rely on but i understand that they're not going to be here forever i think it made it easier during those times to be more present to understand that okay 
I need to take advantage of the time that I have with this person now because I know it's going to change here eventually, um, which is kind of like where I'm at now, just knowing I'm about to graduate in a month and I'm not going to be around the same people. So just being sure that I'm present and you know cognizant of the time that I have left here, I mean, that, that definitely makes it easier instead of just being like having a false sense of reality, like, we're going to be, you know. Yeah, this is, this is yeah, how it's going to be forever. Forever, yeah. yeah. Just. You know, that's something that's interesting, and it's probably something we could have touched on. We talked about identity, but we can talk about it now, certainly. When you're a student athlete, identifying as a football player is a very heavy part of yourself. Well, by the same token, as a student athlete, you have this built-in community of people around you that will, by and large, not be there anymore once you graduate and get out into the big bad world is that another underrated aspect of kind of the uncertainty that the future holds when you're a student athlete and you're getting set to to make your exit like you are yeah because especially if you don't like we talked about before you know build your connections and your network it you may get to a point where you feel like you don't have that community to rely on because you're so, like you said, like that's your identity is as a student athlete, as a teammate, you know, with the people that you've been given in a sense. Because, I mean, you don't really choose every single person that you want, like who's on your team. Uh, so you're given this identity. You're given this community. So, yeah, when you go off and leave, I, I mean, it's going to be hard because you don't have the same people in your corner that were there for you for the past four or five years, however long it was. How does who you associate with the most ultimately define you? Um, like I said earlier, you know, you you tend to take on some of the traits of the people that you're closest to. So the more time you spend with people, the more you start to behave similarly in a sense. And so that's why it's so important to make sure you're hanging around people and you have a your close-knit group, your community – are ones that are going to influence you, influence you in a positive direction. Among your community, are you an influencer or are you one who is influenced? Both, and I think that's what makes a good community. I mean, like there's, it's just you don't have the alpha and everybody else falling in line. Yeah, behind them. you know, at that point, you know, uh, I don't really know what to say about that, but yeah, it's both, and like that's how we all are. Everybody that I'm like closely associated with, we all. Or like that we take on both of those personalities so it's a good little mix of that how does your community serve you just providing people that you can turn to in, in all situations so. so the flip side of that is that you serve the yes. community by being one of the people yeah. that can be turned to yeah you can't just constantly just rely on people and then just not be available when they need to rely on you. So, yeah, it's got to be a good balance of that where you're doing that for each other. Okay, well, what happens if there's a crisis of some kind? You lose a member of the community in a tragic way. Yeah, I mean, that's that's different. I mean, because <coughs> at that point, you, like... You've got to come together yeah, and lift one another up. Right, you know. You've hit on this earlier, but when you're on a team, you've chosen to be there, but you've not chosen who is there with you. When part of that community messes up, is there a culpability <laughs> for all of you? Yes, there is. Um, even though you haven't, like you didn't choose that community, that is your community. So when 
somebody messes up, that's on that's on the team. Uh, the responsibility falls on everyone, and especially in football. I, in my opinion, football is the ultimate team sport. Um, I mean, you, so like basically one of the sayings that that's around football is do your one in 11. There's 11 people on the field. Don't worry about the other 10 people. Just do your one job. You do your one job, we'll be fine. Everybody else does their one job, do your one in 11. If somebody doesn't do their job, so like say I'm supposed to be setting the edge for the defense and I mess up and I go inside and I don't keep the edge, there's nobody else out there. Since I didn't do my job, the running back can take it, score a touchdown. So 10 people did their job. I didn't do my job. Everybody has to face the consequences, which is we allowed them to score. So yeah, I mean, although you didn't handpick every single person that's on your team, that is your team. And I mean, you, you've got to be responsible for everybody. And so that's why it's so important that you build team chemistry, you lift each other up, and you just become responsible for each other, be accountable for everyone. And one thing that we've done here in the past few years is, uh, especially during training camp, we used to do it before weightlifting sessions. Uh, it was called shining a link. And we'd have one person. So you got to think of like a chain. Uh, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So by shining a link, different people on different days would stand up and just tell them, tell everybody what their story is. This is where I come from. This is who I am. This is what had, this is who has shaped me to become what I am. And here's my why. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And here's my goal afterwards. And just getting to understand your teammates better in that sense makes it easier to be accountable for them and to be just do your one in 11 basically. You know, that sounds way better than your typical get to know you kind of thing coming from a, a, a world of, I won't say corporate, but yeah. this, this is still a job, loosely speaking. So when <laughs> people come in, we're often asked, you know, to introduce ourselves, they to us, but like it's, that way sounds more of a, like more of a starting point where it's like, okay, this is, this is not just me and where I'm from and what I do, but also this is kind of what I'm about as well. Yeah. And that's a much quicker path to, to becoming part of the community, I feel like. The chosen versus unchosen community, <coughs> I think you can provide a better, a better clarity on that than anybody in college because you're on a team. And going forward for the rest of your life, unless you're a independent sole business owner or single employee of whatever Sean Whitting Hill LLC ultimately <laughs> comes to be, you're going to be on a team of some kind. I mean, you get married, you're, you're on a team, you have a family, that's a team. Yeah. When you go to work, you don't choose the people you work with, but you still have to make it work and you still have to make it a productive place to be. Toxicity in the workplace is something that we all strive to avoid as much as possible. How do you blend those different individuals into a community when none of you chose, like you chose Austin P, but you didn't choose Javon Craig. You didn't choose Kentel Williams. Right. How do you blend everybody together and make that a vibrant community that people want to be a part of? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just going back to, you know, understanding your people and understanding what makes I mean all right so I think I talked about this either the last episode we did or one before that but talking about uh, teaching in the classroom mm -hmm. and how you have this 
preconceived idea of how this is how it's going to go. Here's the, like, I would have my um, classroom management plan written out. Like, this is how everything's going to go. Mm-hmm. Once you get in there, each class period is different because they all have their own. There's obviously each individual personality, but each class as a whole has its own personality. So it's not going to go like that. And so that's how, I mean, that's how it is on a team. You've got to understand the personality of each individual as well as the personality as a whole and work around that. Find the strengths and the weaknesses with that and help diminish the weaknesses and promote the strengths through that. So So you can plan for, you can make all kinds of leadership plans and I want to get in and do this in the locker room, but until you see who else is in there and learn about the guys that are in that locker room doesn't matter right and especially like with coaching there's you know there's coaches who are just straight up like okay if somebody messes up i'm gonna scream in their face and that'll get them going well that's not gonna work for everybody you know i'm one of those people if you scream in my if you scream in my face i'm gonna shut down i'm just going to block you out and we're not gonna get anything productive out of that so understanding who you're as a coach understanding who you're players are realizing, okay, this player, if he messes up, you know, I can yell at him, I can do whatever, and that'll light a fire under him and he'll get going. That'll motivate him. Another player, I have to pull aside and we just have to talk it out and that'll get him going. You know, so so just understanding just the personality of your people because, yeah, you can write out your leadership plan and your guidelines and all that, but until you actually – figure out who your people are like that's not going to work for everybody i feel like i feel like it'd be too easy just to have one just plan for how things are going to go and then it just work it's just too easy Uh, it's going to be different and and that translates outside of football because when you're ultimately the ceo of a fortune 500 company or whatever it is you end up doing (laughs) you you'll understand the management style needed to to build a positive community within your workplace and that it's not one size fits all. And is that something that you've seen in, cause you've had, God, how many, how far back do you date when it comes to football coaches? Are you still the Carol McCray era? I'm Kirby Cannon. Oh, good gracious. <laughs> so you've seen a lot of different coaches come through here yeah. and they can't be, inf- the, the successful ones cannot be inflexible in how they build the community. How do you think that's going to benefit you moving forward, that knowledge? I mean, just being cognizant of everything that's going on. I mean, I guess just simply put. But I think I can answer. That answer that I just gave right there can answer a lot of things. Just being – Just paying attention. Just, be, it's 90% of the battle. Yeah, just paying attention and being aware of what's going on. <laughs> so why don't people pay attention more? If that's If that's most of it, if that's – going to get you 90 percent of the way to the answer for everything why doesn't it happen more it's so easy to just to get caught up in just doing life (laughs) and you just like for real you just are so busy just oh well just checking off the boxes okay wake up eat shower whatever brush your teeth go to work come back do this Da da da. you're just doing it you're just kind of like going with the motions and i mean i do that all the time until i have to just sit there and just like Till you, sit, till you sit down and think. Sit down and think. It's like, let me just be present in now, in the now. It's one thing, you've got, in a community, you've got peers and mentors. 
it's one thing to be let down by a peer, but an entirely different thing to be let down by a mentor. How do you cope with the disappointment of being of having one of your community pillars let you down in some way? Yeah, mentors failing you is definitely that definitely hits harder than peers, like you mentioned. Um, I mean, because be that's because like your mentors are people who are trustworthy. They're accountable. They've set the standard of this is why I'm your mentor. So when they let you down, that's obviously it's I mean, it's hurtful. That definitely hits hard. Um, but at the same time, and I mean, this is stuff I've had to reflect on because in the moment I'm just like angry and I'm upset. Just realizing that everybody's going to let you down at some point. I mean, nobody's perfect. Boy, that is a cynical and honest way to look at it. <laughs> I mean, it's It is, true. but, like, nobody wants to. You're saying yeah. the quiet part out loud right now, Sean. <laughs> everybody's going to let you down at some point. Now, it's, some may be worse than others, but, like, it's just going to happen. And understanding that, okay, I've been let down. Where do we move on from this point? I mean, I mean, I guess I would say it just kind of depends on the severity of what's happened. But a lot of things you can just kind of, you know, reconcile that relationship and whatnot. So. Do you have anything else you would like to comment on in regards to community? I feel like this is almost the greatest hits episode in a lot of ways because, like, you we're referencing stuff that happened two and three episodes ago because <laughs> yeah. it's come up so many times. <laughs> That's very true. Um I'm going to say the quote one more time. That's how we're going to end it, okay? All right. Sounds good. Look at the people you're hanging around and ask if their lives resemble the direction you want your life to go in. Boom. Mic drop. Dr. Sean. Dr. Sean Whittinghill. <laughs> Sean, thank you for your time. As always, people listening to Sean will do this again sometime. sometime. Tell me where